0: Welcome to For the Record, our bi weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 930 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the self titled debut album from Sasami Ashworth, who records under the name Sasami, and it starts with a song called I Was a Window. What? heard of Sasami until we were at South by Southwest and she showed up on the lineup of one of the Stereo Gum daytime events. And she put on such an engaging and energetic and sunny performance that we were excited to hear her album when it came out. But this is not what I expected at all based on that performance, which was much more guitar driven and rock oriented. Yeah,
1: I think here is a case where studio production is something that's hard to replicate live where there are at least this track is pretty guitar driven, but there's so many effects that these guitars go through that they just become this kind of wall of fuzz. And I, I love it when the guitars kind of break down the boundary between what's a guitar and what's some kind of synth.
0: Well, she is the synth player for the Van Cherry Glazer. And so I assume that at least some of this is synth, but you're right. It's hard to tell.
1: I think later tracks we will hear more of that, but here it's uh, very Yeah, just see how far we can push these guitar sounds. And it gives you this crazy contrast between her singing style, which is very kind of quiet and pretty and sad matched with these guitars just, you know, maxed out and buzzing in all directions.
0: Yeah, she's got a lot of production layers on here and there's it's a very it's a album that rewards repeated listens with headphones on because there's a lot of beautiful little production touches.
1: Yeah, I like here, yeah, these little hints of this buzzed out instrument that only shows up for a couple seconds and drops out. And we played, I guess, the second verse and what I guess I could call the chorus, except there's only one of them in the song. So she's definitely doing some, I think, playing with expectations and song structure here where it's kind of verse, pre-chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, and then it that doesn't repeat, but then we hear those first two priest choruses coming back at the end of the third cor- of the end of the third verse, rather. And so she's already kind of playing with expectations in that way, which is great for something that, again, her singing style is very pop, but doing these at least slightly experimental things. And I, I like in the second verse as well. We get this along with the super buzzed out, very over the top guitars is this little shaker sound that's just really understated percussion that you almost don't notice, except it ends up being kind of this repeating, you keep noticing this little shake, 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 that gives the entire album, I think, a little earthiness. So we start here. And it's actually, as I said, a very, you know, pop singing combined with the very blasted out instrumentals, as well as, uh, I think, a pretty down tempo start to the album, but things Pack up dramatically on the next track we'll play, which is called Not the Time.
0: the way this record is sequenced because the first song and the last song are kind of bookends that set up what it's about which is about difficult relationships and getting in and out of them and having a distance and sort of philosophy philosophical approach to thinking about what went wrong and one of the lyrics from the first song i was the win- i was a window gets at the idea that I wrote all these things down and I was going to send them to you and I waited for an answer that wasn't going to come. And I feel like these songs are all sort of open-ended letters to people that might have been in her life. And then the last song sort of resolves it with uh, a resolution that is satisfying, but we won't get there yet.
1: Yeah, and she employs uh, a a songwriting technique that I really appreciate. We hear that in that bridge where we finally, the promised synthesizers come in in force. And it has that really warm organ vibe to it. And where she's, you know, even though we tried to make it work, it doesn't. And it's where there's these kind of hiccups in the rhythm where it's got this very just driving beat that's really pulling you along. And then it just, this kind of stutter shot, like the the engine skipping or just, and it really manages to be very pretty and fast moving and yet insert these little unsettling moments. And we hear that in those verses as well, where it's just the... Where you feel like beats are being yanked out of the meters and it just puts you on edge it's really uh i think engaging you in the song it's it's you have to think about it it's not just an easy listening kind of Mm -hmm. experience and even little things like there's this verse chorus first chorus and we heard that coming in the second verse there the sec- second chorus is longer it extends and then after we go through that bridge we come back into the core into a chorus that we heard the beginning of and then parts of the bridge then get shoved into the chorus so i think she's having a lot of fun with songwriting structures and putting things you don't expect in different places and i, I th- again the repeat listening is for for sure the uh, case here that we're being surprised by something that otherwise would seem just kind of sad but very poppy and i think it's it's trying to be more than that and i mostly succeeding and so this same i I think high energy driving beat carries on into the next track we'll play which is called mornings comes
0: morning comes yeah
1: i like i like s's couple of songs that are, I think, very explicitly about relationships. I appreciate that this song comes along and is almost mystical and is much more open, I think, to interpretation. And that's combined with this just very magical kind of vibe where I think that second track, uh, not the time, started to get into this groove. And then that just gets amped up to the utmost here where it just there's this bass line that just really pulls you along and then meanwhile just layer after layer of different guitar sounds different synth sounds and And then vocal and yeah exactly we hear and we heard that great transition from the verse to the chorus where it's just her voice explodes into a choir and it's really magical and uh it is telling me it's like oh wow i really miss stereo lab because that was just that the total vibe i got here and then i was oh my god they're touring this fall which is Kind of crazy, and it's just I think a type of music that hasn't been pursued in a long time, and uh, where again it's like it's like it's a trance, and at the same time it feels completely in theme with the album because it's about this contrast. I think in the first verse, which we didn't play because the song takes quite a while to get going, and the second verse but where we actually have in the first verse it's about oh you're finally getting your liberty and then in the second verse it's just this very grim uh kind of existence and that contrast i think plays for the album we're about getting out of bad relationships and then this next track will play which is called free free we
2: walked as far as we could go city held us as its own. We walked as far as we could go. We had to choose, so we took off.
0: male vocals on that song is Devendra Banhart which I am not sure if people remember because I don't think we have heard from him for a while but he was part of what at the time was characterized as freak folk along with Joanna Newsom and early Animal Collective and that whole sort of that sort of thing and I I just looked and his last album was released in 2016 but he's got a really warm voice that contributes a lot that without being very showy on this song
1: Yeah, it's nice to hear an established artist come and just like, no, I'm just going to give some heft here and not put too much of a stamp on the proceedings.
0: That this is a really quiet song that's so beautiful. And it's my favorite track on this record. And it says so much about relationships in the lyrics. And the production touches are so interesting. And in the part that we played, which was the end of the song, you can hear that kind of shaker percussion effect going back and forth as well as the drums that are just really soft toms
1: yeah well I I like this and it really plays for the yeah you've got to listen on good stereo good headphones because the stereo effects which are on a number of a number of the songs here and uh, I haven't even pointed out but this seems like a good chance because I like that shaker that we saw or heard before is coming back and is really underlying it and then this bass really um, so low it's just feels more like this throb like this heartbeat maybe mm-hmm. kind of comes in at about the same pace and they're both just tong, 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 and that heartbeat is swinging left and right
0: yeah the toms sound kind of like a heartbeat and i think the shaker sounds kind of like crickets so all of these are really there's there's a lot of production and it's a little bit complicated but it all sounds very analog and warm and naturalistic which
1: i like yeah it's in its way not a very it's not, it's not a it's trying hard, but I don't feel like doing so in a way that says I'm gonna go to the future. It's more just I'm gonna raid the techniques of the past and make it sound awesome. And it is, I think, just so, again, of a, of a piece with this sadness and I think uh, the trend that we, we're getting here to the middle of the album, it's a 10-track album, and a lot of these tracks feel really long, but the entire album is what, just over 40 minutes? Yep. So it's I think managing to do a lot with a little bit of time and but it is it is a little bit of uh it's at this point where it's like wow these the each song is so sad and mm-hmm. then it keeps being so sad and you just kind of have to be along for the ride and accept the sadness with the prettiness and right into the next track which is called pacify my heart
2: some days i wish I could
1: This one, we only had to leave you a little taste of the song because it is an opening half, which is this really beautiful, sad melody about quantifying love and pacifying hearts. And then we come out of the second chorus and then... the song almost seems like it could end. Like there's that just kind of synth whine, like, oh, we're just winding down. And then suddenly bang, 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 these guitars come in and you think like, well, that's kind of weird and loud. And then it goes on for two more minutes of just throwing layer after layer after layer of different instrumentation and different synth sounds recapitulating that five syllable pacify my love or pacify my heart, excuse me, quantify my love, pacify my heart Mm -hmm. melody in different different keys, different sounds, and it's just a little overwhelming. But we set set the stage here and it's almost crazy that transition that we just hear the beginning of.
0: I think you more than I like... Music where it's sort of complex, structurally complex and goes off in a lot of different directions. And I like a simple structure that's a little bit more easy to sing along with and is more pop-oriented. But I think that where she connects the two in this record and I think why I like it a lot is... The way that her vocals are really close-miked and really intimate, and it keeps your attention that even when there are all these different layers and kind of interesting things going on, her voice and her emotional projection is what keeps the song together.
1: Yeah, you almost have this vision in my mind of like she's in some, you know, some intimate nightclub Mm -hmm. and just singing just herself or maybe like one backing musician on a stage. And then some curtain drops and there's this entire orchestra behind her that just opens up like nope, this is this album is both of these things and it's a little bit of a you know, it's our first solo album. It's like, hey, I can do all of this and you and know, I, I, I can get almost symphonic. I can get really psyche. Some of the stuff uh, I have read albums or reviews that called it shoe gaze. And that's that's wrong. She, I think it's wrong, but I think it, it at least it abuts it in a few places mm-hmm. where using guitar noises, but in ways that are so noisy that it kind of breaks down well, that, that boundary.
0: She's a multi-instrumentalist and she's classically trained and she's a French horn player and she plays a bunch of other instruments and has done a lot of sort of uh, like day-to-day music work like doing film scores and things like that and that it really shows that she has a real strong grasp of how music can play with your emotions and how you can layer things and make things a little bit more interesting she's not just emoting
1: yeah that's actually interesting the the horn player which i didn't do my research didn't realize that and because i think a lot of the synth sounds on this are very sound like an organ but i think Mm -hmm. on this track a lot of them do sound very horn like especially the bits that are again recapitulating that melody so uh it is almost you know hearing this and yeah as i said i got this vision in my mind and it's like yeah, okay so soundtrack composer would be a good fit for her but also live performer because we saw her live and it's pretty fantastic so the next track we'll play is continuing into uh i think a, a little Freaky space called Jealousy. <laughs>
0: kind of light and poppy and pretty but have a dark subject matter and I feel like this is one of the few that tracks the subject matter with the instrumentation it's very minor key and very fractured
1: yeah i i love how spooky it sounds and i i really appreciate that it's so kind of jazzy, but then with this production that adds these just weird echoes and the repeated jealousy, jealousy, kind of almost whispered and yet so urgent.
0: Yeah, there's so much lush instrumentation. There's a really quiet bass line and her vocals are kind of, um, are repeated out into a level where you almost can't hear them. And there's almost a violin or some other instrument that I couldn't quite hear.
1: Yeah, I I would, you know, I described an early, earlier track was the one that was like, oh, this is actually kind of mystical. And I think this is in that vein. And it's nice that I think with all these, oh, this relationship is terrible. and oh this relationship is also pretty terrible. This one's again, stepping back and it's still about jealousy, but it feels more like looking at universal themes of what it is to be human. And like, what are the things we're looking for? And we're just kind of struggling in this world, trying to get through. And meanwhile, doing insane things like... Rhyming, tragic, and systematic, and choreographic in that chorus. So it's just picking up some uh, $10 words and having fun with them to good contrast with, again, these like really weighty, dense words with jealousy, jealousy, jealousy. Yeah, I
0: think these lyrics walk a nice line between being too vague, which always annoys me when you can't really divine the meaning at all, and universal and sort of generic enough that. They're, you can relate to them and you can sort of superimpose them onto whatever situation you want.
1: Yeah, well, and it's, I think the production here matches that kind of universalness, like it's this very space jazz, very echoey and feels like it's in just a room that goes off to infinity and yet somehow there's reverb. And I think it's well, well achieved without being too showy. So, you know, after this, you know, mystical, we get maybe a little less so for the next track we'll play. It's called Callus. Lost My- song is yet another where we come in and it's this f- almost whispered I think we, when you were trying to s- put the music in place yeah and I was, trouble
0: finding where it starts because it's so it looks so quiet on the yeah, visual,
1: and it's very appropriate for a song about you know negating oneself to someone else and then just being totally not appreciated and it's a heartbreaking track on an album full of heartbreaking tracks and it's yet it ends with another, I think, almost two-minute instrumental just wash of sound, and it's an, an album that somewhat defies our format for this show, where we want to play little snippets and like, oh, this gives you an idea of the song, and mm-hmm. you, it has to be one where like, we just kind of can't do that a little bit. We can give you hints of it and simply say, check it out, because it is so... It's intimate and big sounding. It's all about the specifics of what it feels like to be in a bad relationship or to try and get out of it, and also just universal themes of trying to find transcendent, uh, transcendence in a scary, kind of meaningless, seemingly meaningless world. And
0: yeah, I think that's in a way what the whole album is about. And I I talked at the beginning about how I really liked the way it was sequen- sequenced, and. It starts out with a song that kind of sets it up Of, you know, I'm writing you these notes And I'm not getting a response And that that's sort of what the songs are And then we're, it ends with This is the third to the last song we did not, We're not playing the penultimate track But then the last track is called Turned Out I Was Everyone And it's, it ends with Sort of looking back, and the repeated refrain is, "I thought I was the only one to be alone, to be so alone in the night, and then it turned out I was everyone." And she she realizes that all of the experiences are so universal, and they're her relationships that she's had, but everyone has gone through this over the course of their life.
1: Yeah, and it's I think remarkable to have such such a variety of different sounds and such a variety of different styles and. The small, very small to the very huge, and yet it feels artistically cohesive on the album is pretty remarkable and doesn't feel like a first album.
0: Yeah, there's a very consistent style and a very consistent author, authorial voice.
1: Yeah, and clearly a very talented family because we've talked about how you know, well-produced the album is. And I guess her brother, Juju Ashworth, was one of the main producers on it. So, and
0: plays, I think, bass and some other instruments on a lot yeah, of the songs.
1: Yeah, she and her brother both play a lot of instruments, including actual French horns, not just synthesized horns. So
0: Clearly a musical family. Yeah,
1: and so it is fun to see family working together to make good art. And I think it can be a little bit uh, a, an emotional roller coaster, but a worthwhile one and a beautiful one. And... Uh, I think glad to see an artist who's played in other bands just say, No, I have a vision and get stake, you know, put her flag on the map and say, like, Nope, this is my territory and I'm going to claim it.
0: So we'll go out with that last track called Turned Out I Was Everyone. And again, we've been discussing the debut album that's self titled by Sasami and you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening.